Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about Nary Workforce Training with the help of special guests, Asher Nichols and Michelle Glasper. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hi, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show or what you might start thinking of Tim's advocacy for training the next generation, because we seem to be talking about it a lot. I hope you don't get tired of it because I continue, I will continue to keep pressing that button and hopefully uh, things will continue to happen. So I know I've said this before, but many people have, uh, you know, kind of been, complaining about the skilled labor shortage and I'm typically looking them back in the eye and say, what are you actually doing about it instead of just complaining? And uh, the great thing is, is I'm hearing more and more about these things happening. So uh, one of my pet peeves has been over several years now that the trade associations that represent us both governmentally as well as in the industry didn't seem to be doing anything about it. And I always thought it was a great resource. You know, a lot of businesses don't have the money to spend on what needs to be done. So if we pooled our resources, right, then we'd have a pool of money that could be spent. And so I'm starting to see uh, more and more local associations, national associations actually start uh, getting something done like this. So I was fortunate enough to be able to attend a monthly dinner with the Eastern Mass Nary Association a few months back. And I didn't know anything really about what was going on there, uh, but one of the members Uh, got to stand up and talk about what was going on with the workforce development. And I went like, my ears perked up and I said, wow, we got to, you know, we're going to have to get somebody on the podcast with that. So we've been talking back and forth a little bit, took us a little while to uh, get everything scheduled the way we wanted to. But that organization has got some things going that I thought would be fantastic to share uh, with the, the listeners out there. And to get the two people from the organization that have been spearheading it on with us and just talk about what the power of a group can do. And I think that's what we want to hear about today. So, Steve, let's go ahead and get started. Yes. So since 2013, Michelle Glassburn has served as executive director of the Eastern Massachusetts chapter of the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, also known as E.M. Nary. During her tenure with the organization, E.M. Nary has grown into an organization dedicated to connecting leading companies in the professional remodeling industry, and developing the business leaders and craftsmen of tomorrow. The organization has created the Youth Remodeling Career Day event, a complement of programs that support vocational schools in the area, a mentorship program for emerging businesses, and the Women in Remodeling event. 
Joining her is Asher Nichols of Asher Nichols and Craftsman LLC in Newton, Massachusetts. Asher has been in business for 15 years and is a member of EMNARI and has worked with Michelle for two years in workforce development. Welcome to the show, Asher and Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hey, so uh, in the introduction, you know, I just said it's so great to see the uh, trade associations getting involved and doing some pretty uh, dynamic things. So we'll start with you, Michelle. Uh, just in a kind of in a nutshell, what is Eastern Mass NARI doing in terms of workforce development? Give us a kind of a big picture view of it. Well, I know, Tim, that you have had a number of guests on that have really created awareness about the need, the shortage of skilled labor that's coming through the pipeline as folks age out of the industry. There's not enough workers to replace them, and there's already a shortage that's existing today. So we know this is one of the huge issues that we need to be involved with to advocate for our members. So probably four or five years ago, we began to look at what we could do as an association to help our members close that, that shortage of workers and, and what role could we play? And out of that, the workforce development effort has started. Okay, so how did you actually get it rolling? I mean, I, I know organizations, I know member volunteer organizations pretty well. And sometimes there's a lot of great ideas. Everybody goes, yeah, 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 we ought to do that. And then it either dies a slow death or it dies an agonizing fast death or something like that. So how did you keep it from this idea from dying and actually becoming something, which I'm going to just say it right now is pretty impressive. So how did that, how did you, since, and I guess Asher got started in about two years ago. So Michelle, how did you keep it from dying that slow death five years ago? Well, we're lucky that we have a number of really engaged members in our chapter, and it started actually as an initial meeting with one of our members and me. We went to one of our local vocational technical high schools in the area, and we went in and we're all excited to talk about NARI and careers in the remodeling industry, and it wasn't actually a super um, welcoming response at the beginning. There was a little bit of distrust, wondering why we were there, you know, was this a real um, benefit for their students and to try and kind of feel us out to see what was going on. And so we very quickly realized that we needed to create partnerships, um, that we needed to look at the vocational schools, just like we look at our members as partners and the association as a partner, we needed to look at these vocational schools as partners as well. And really the genesis of this Youth Remodeling Career Day that I know we're going to delve into a little bit more, that was to really um, begin to establish those partnerships and create some connections and goodwill with those vocational uh, technical schools in the area. Yeah, I think, I've, I don't know if I've told this story before, but I was actually visiting another NARI chapter, and I won't say where, but I also made arrangements to visit an adult vocational school while I was there, and I just talked about the opportunities that were available in remodeling, and then I went to the meeting that afternoon and I said, hey, I've just been to the such and such vocational school. Everybody in that membership looked at me like I was crazy. They had, they had no idea that that school even existed. And then I looked at them and said, and you're complaining about the lack of you know, skilled labor. Shame on you. <laughs> and so it just, it's just mind boggling that those relationships aren't there. So let me just... Yeah. One more thing specifically for you, Michelle. How did you 
start getting the members involved in this. So you've got this idea, you've got one person that's particularly motivated. How did you start engaging the other 30 or 40 or 50 members in this, uh, this partnership? Well, really, the Youth for Modeling Career Day, which is held each year in October, we've had four of them so far over the past four years, um, that really has been the way that we have created that awareness, began to get members engaged, schools as partners. That event has really been the catalyst for us to, to start this work. Um, so each October, we have a day um, that we have usually about seven. 17 to 20 schools from uh, Massachusetts and some actually some from Rhode Island as well um, that come up for the day. Um, they go to about 35 different interactive building stations and get to see what it's like to be day in the life of a remodeler. So they're doing everything from roofing, framing, flooring, um, and getting to work side by side with our members who are remodelers in the industry get a little hands-on and experience that and create some really nice connections. And so it built, has built those relationships to engage our members with the effort and to engage the, engage the schools as partners. Cool. So Asher, you join NARI, uh, you hear about this thing. Uh, what attracted you to getting involved so uh, dynamically, I guess, in this workforce development aspect of that organization? Well, Tim, it was pretty easy uh, running my own business and looking for skilled labor uh, was a challenge. And yeah. uh, the only way to um, fix that was to get involved. And it was really easy to get involved. And there were already a great foundation laid by Michelle and Kathy and EM Neri in general. There was already a good foundation to build off of. So it was pretty easy. Yeah, so tell, give us your perspective on this career day, because I've participated in something similar in Connecticut, uh, but I'm just kind of like, what does it look like? Uh, how do the kids react to it? Uh, what do you hope to get out of it as, a, as an organization? Is there a goal that you have in mind? Is there some kind of like a mission statement that says, if we accomplish this, then we will have succeeded. Uh, give us give us your rundown on that. So the the way I would approach it is um, the 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 goals are really more uh, about exposure and showing kids that it is a cool trade to be in. All the trades can be cool, and you can um, you can obviously have a, a lucrative and challenging career. But as a sixteen and seventeen year old, you might not see it you can't see that far ahead right so um when we when we invite these these students to this fairground picture bolton fairgrounds it's it's just absolutely beautiful it's in a field yeah. uh, there are pole barns that we can do our demonstrations in and just picture bus after bus after bus coming in with 500 kids just ready to engage in whatever we have to show them and it's it so when i say it's the, you're not looking to actually hire these people. This is not like a, you know, a parade uh, of, of eligible employees. This is how do we expose, how do we celebrate the craft and then expose these kids that in the hope you'll have, you'll plant a seed that they can then decide what to do next with. So give us an idea of what a, uh, the, the member contractors are doing. Are they bringing a, 
250 two befores and letting the kids cut them and nail them or what what is actually going on in the pole barn with the demonstrations and the participation uh well i can, I can tell you it's 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 almost like a a a, a trade carnival there are these, <laughs> there's these stations where you're looking for a thrill and you get right involved with the actual a contractor a carpenter uh, right there teaching, uh, talking about it, answering questions, and there are stations. We move from station to station to station. Uh, we have um, uh, guides, so if, you know, students tend to wander off, you know, <laughs> back in, you know. Um, yeah. But it's, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's so, so engaging for the, for the yeah. students at many different levels. Um, but we also have, you know, different spaces. So there's the craft spaces and then there's other exposure opportunities and then there's mock interviews. So they're really getting a lot of exposure um, to not only the business side of things, but absolutely to the craft. So did you say that the companies actually will bring some of their carpenters as well to interact with the kids when they're there? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, small companies to large companies, uh, there are uh, a lot of employees will participate in, you know, uh, working with the students as well. Yep. So, and Tim, the other thing is there's multiple trades that are there. So kids who may be in a carpentry program can also visit stations where they learn a little bit about mold remediation and then they can move on to a station that they learn a little bit about HVAC or electrical or a plumbing trade. So there's one station each year that we have where the students compete to wire something together and the fastest one to turn the light bulb on. So they may be in carpentry all day, but they get to come to this event and get exposure across the trades. Because you think as a carpenter, you need to know a little bit about a lot of things. Right. So there's there's that um, multidisciplinary exposure also. And they make it fun with these head-to-head -head competitions. There's a, you know, fastest to install a toilet. Um, there's one that they divide up into teams and they frame a little doghouse and they compete for framing and putting it together almost as a puzzle. But, but the teamwork aspect also. Um, so they make it really fun for the kids as well. So who create who who imagine who created all that? I mean, who thinks of these things? Is it is the the membership saying, "Hey, I can do a doghouse competition," or "Hey, I can do a or whatever"? Is that where all these great ideas come from? Is that is that right, Asher? The members are up are volunteering to do these little competitions. I'll defer to Michelle on that. She's the one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Most most of most of. The stations are the the brainchild of the company that that has come in and they put their station together and they bring their employees out for the day and they really do come up with those ideas. Sometimes we suggest or help them refine that idea. Right. But right. often it really is their their gift for that day. Yeah. Um, this is a two part question, but how do you pick the how are the students picked? Did you mention that in the beginning? Are they yes. all, they're from normal high schools, not a trade high school? So we have a combination, actually. Okay. So most of the students there are participating in, Massachusetts has the vocational technical high schools. 
Um, but there are some regular comprehensive schools that have carpentry programs. So there are students from those programs as well. So we just spread the word, um, particularly through our members who are involved in those schools already. And we usually get, we have close to 500 students that come every year. Wow. So, you know, when we look at uh, the young people today and there is a um, exorbitant focus on college and four-year education. So do you get a sense when talking with them, like where their head's at, or maybe they're exposed, like Asher said, to something they just didn't know was out there or, or you know, what was possible in the trades? Like, wh what, what are some of the things they're saying or that you really feed off of by, by seeing them able to do this? That really is one of the great challenges that our industry faces, is you've got a lot of kids who are in these vocational programs, but by the time they get to the end of the four years, they don't always go on to a career in the trades. So part of what we want to do, partnering with the schools, is get them really excited about the types of careers that they can go on to so that they stay in the industry after they graduate. Um, so the, the Youth Remodeling Career Day is a one-day catalyst experiment uh, experience, but the idea is that it's really just the first experience that goes on to a lot of effort, other efforts our chapter is involved with to, to make those connections rich and keep them excited about going into these careers. So let's, that begs the question, what are some of those other initiatives that the chapter is doing? I guess I wanted, I mean, when I was there at the, at the monthly dinner meeting, uh, I think, Asher, you were talking about the apprenticeship program that you wanted to get started this summer, uh, or summer, I'm going to put a date on it, summer of 2020, because other people will be listening at another time, but give us a little bit of information about that. What, what does that involve? And, and I know you went through a really cool list of requirements for the contractors, and maybe a little update on how that's going. Sure. Um, so, our goals were to get uh, members of NARI uh, involved in uh, the advisory committees for uh, local CTE programs. Um, and we were able to get between six to seven members on six to seven boards. And that allows us to really engage with the instructors and the students on a repeating basis. Right. And so, you know, on a, on a typical school calendar, um, we will engage with them at the beginning of the year and then Youth Remodeling Career Day happens in October. And then from there, like Michelle was saying, being a catalyst, that allows us to then go in and continue that engagement with panel discussions, uh, more mock interviews, discussions about um, what opportunities might be available if they, you know, if they found some part of the youth remodeling career day uh interesting we can help guide them along the way so you're you really you're not exposing once and then you know going away you're really sustaining that engagement and that has been really powerful um especially uh for the schools that we have uh, uh, uh already engaged with and have main we are maintaining those relationships all right so cool that's a bunch of uh, uh, good. So what about the apprenticeship thing? So, um, our goal is to engage with the students and then guide them into a prolonged work experience. Okay. So whether it's an apprenticeship or a co-op or a shadow, um, 
there are many levels in which the student can engage with the, the, uh, the companies that are, that are showing them these experiences. And a shadow, just to be more specific, is an opportunity for a student to go out onto a job site um, for a couple of hours, two days in a row, and they, there is no other expectation for them other than to look, listen, and learn. And that's a, a very, very entry level way that they can get in uh, and, and then decide whether they want to either continue in a co-op program or an apprentice program. Um, so you really have to, you have to have a multiple, uh, you have to have multiple levels in order to engage people on because their level of energy may be different. It's, it's not cookie cutter. You really have to drill into what that student is focused on um, positively. Are you worried about the future of your business? Are you stuck and unsure about what step to take next? Do you have any doubts about your ability to lead through this crisis? Whether it's business, finance, or production, we have the experienced professional coaches standing by to help you and your team battle through these uncertain times. To learn more about our coaching program and to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with our head coach, Doug Howard, visit remodelercoach.com today. Now back to the show. Okay, so there's the shadowing. And then you mentioned the co-op. What is, what is the co-op? Well, I can speak a little to that, okay. Tim. So, you know, if you think about these experiences, we think of it almost like a funnel. So you start with the Youth Remodeling Career Day, and that hits a lot of people. And then you get to the, the in-school experiences and then the job shadowing, where it's a smaller number of people and a little bit richer experiences, but you're getting more engagement. As they travel through that pipeline, you get down to the end point of this, and that's the co-op experience. And that's a structured school, Massachusetts school experience where a student spends part of their time in the classroom in school, but then the other half of their time is spent out with an employer on the job site. And that can last anywhere from one semester to two semesters, and in some cases, even three semesters. And that student is going every other week or morning and afternoon out to that job site with that employer as an employee. Um, right. And they are Working, they are working in the trade to get trained uh, throughout the course of their, it usually starts either late in their junior year or at the beginning of their senior year, and they're working on that job site. Okay, and then the apprenticeship is one more step, or is it similar just during the summertime versus the school year? Apprentice is a, a kind of a larger term when it comes to carpentry. So I think okay. you can think of that the co-op experience as a part of the beginning of an apprenticeship. But then once they graduate, they're still really green in the industry. And, and you're right. continuing to hone those skills and move them along the pathway. It's a little different than in some of the other trades like plumbing or electrical, where there is a very strict definition of what an apprentice is and a right. very set ladder for how they progress. Carpentry doesn't have that, and it, that creates a little bit of a challenge in yeah. even just communicating to a student what that future looks like. But yeah. the apprentice is that that de skill development time as they're becoming more of a more adept at the trade. Now, does Eastern Mass Nary 
orchestrate that or is that pretty much up to the student to say to some contractor, hey, I'd like to spend the summer working with you. Is there an organized effort to get that, again, loosely apprenticeship thing going? So what we're doing as an organization, the, the co-op experience is very much between the school and the employer. It's a very okay. strict, rigid process. What we look at ourselves as, as nary as our chapter is the connector to get our members excited about the opportunity of hosting a co-op student to help them create some structure around that. What do I do with this kid? What, what can I teach them and how can they be productive on my job site? Um, to give them some structure around that. But really, we're there to create connections and get folks excited about taking those students and also to put some standards into place for the types of, of remodelers that students should be going to because th there really should be some, some uh, you know, requirements of these employers. And the schools are very good about checking and being sure that that's the case as well. But, but we are right in line with them to be sure that students are going in a place that's going to be both safe and productive for their learning. Okay. So, Asher, I heard you at the, again, at the dinner meeting kind of list off your, you were recruiting people to be part of this uh, program, at least for this summer. And uh, you listed off six or eight or 10 requirements that they would have to meet. And I, I, uh, I, I'm going to ask specifically about two of them because these were real sticking points when I was trying to get something with the Connecticut home builders going. And that was who pays the insurance because this person is not going to be 100% productive. And how much do I have to pay them? Because again, if I, you know, they're going to be not only not as productive as somebody else, but also my lead guy is going to be, you know, slowed down because he's supposed to be teaching them something. And I know all that comes across really negative and I'm making it negative because I think it is. But what, what were the guidelines that you put out there for your members about what this would look like if they took on somebody in this position? Sure. So uh, uh, just a couple would be, uh, having workers comp insurance and the, um, and the student would be covered under that yes yeah okay and then we we felt very simply that it should be a wage that is um uh, very very fair um because they're we're trying to inspire kids or students to go into the industry so we chose a baseline of 15 dollars an hour 15 15 okay good and what were some of the other were there some other requirements like uh, 40 hours a week or anything like that that were part of this? Well, you know, a couple are very specific and then there's, they're a little general. Uh, you, the general one would be you would want to be able to show a student um, a path to career advancement. Okay. There has to be a ladder in which to climb within a company. Right. Uh, they've got to see that, you know, that brass ring up there. Um, but then very specifically, um, passing uh, the, the Corey uh, requirements uh, for hosting uh, students, you know, young people. Um, as uh, Richard Laughlin mentioned, uh, that was a huge part of his on your on uh, episode eighty-five. Yeah, that was a huge. What was a requirement for the for the ones in in his organization as well? Yeah. So I gotta just at the career day, or even 
when the students are on as uh, we'll call them apprentices in air quotes there, are you guys talking about what the earning potential is for uh, a carpenter, a lead carpenter, a project manager, production manager? Are they be getting exposed to that sort of understanding from people who are really there uh, dealing with it? So we're definitely having those conversations. So this is a part of the, the continual conversation is remodeling offers such a breadth of career options and a really long career path where you can start as a carpenter right off the beginning and someday become a business owner. There's very few industries where you have so many choices right. and you can go so far. So we're having those conversations all the time with kids. But the next step of this is to really drill down to the younger um, kids and especially to parents to begin to have those conversations even earlier because by the time they get to be ninth grade and they're heading off to these vocational technical high schools it's too late we need to catch them much earlier in the process so by be, by partnering with these businesses and partnering with the, the schools we hope that we can come together sort of synergy and begin to drill this message in even earlier about the opportunities that are available in the industry oh cool all right, so you mentioned one thing which I wasn't expecting. That's the women in the industry. So yes. let's talk about it because uh, we, we, you know, maybe not the original intent of the podcast, but I'd love to hear what is that? What, what is that about? What are you doing with that? Yeah, so we're so fortunate in Eastern Massachusetts. We have so many really um, industry-leading remodeling companies who are led by women here. Okay. Um, it's a really exciting um, time to be in the remodeling industry. And yeah. as we were going out into the tech schools, we were seeing so many girls in these classes. But what we know is by the time they hit graduation, they don't stay. Right. Um, so what can we do as an association to make sure that we're connecting these amazing women business leaders with these girls so that they can see the potential for them if they stay in these careers? So we developed the Women in Remodeling event. It's, it's inspirational even for um, younger women who are in the industry and emerging in their careers, too, to see the pathway for where they can go um, over time in the industry. So it started probably two and a half years ago, um, and we have two or three events throughout the year, and inevitably we even have student groups who will come to our Women in Remodeling events. Just this past February, we had a conference, and one of our sessions in the conference, um, there was a whole probably 30 girls um, from one of the tech schools that came to the Women in Remodeling session at our Remodelers Conference. So it's really exciting for, to get to connect with these girls and have them get inspired to stay in the trade. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool because uh, I did a little thing right after COVID hit, uh, like a video presentation for one of the schools up here in northern Rhode Island, and we got a couple other schools, you know, involved in it. But I actually got a couple of women carpenters that I know to send me pictures of them working, and I put it into that presentation just to say, hey, I don't know who's on the other end of this, but if you're a woman, you can still be in this industry and not be a designer or, you know, you can be a carpenter. You can, right. and it's a great opportunity uh, for that to happen. Well, this has been very, very cool. And uh, are you guys doing any kind of templating at all? Or is this something that, that if another NARI group or even just another industry group wanted to 
they could look at some kind of template for this so they wouldn't have to re redo everything? Yeah, in fact, we've been able to share the, um, the model of the Youth for Modeling Career Day, and it has been picked up in a couple of other chapters around the country. So we're excited to be able to help um, other yeah. NARI chapters and other organizations to be able to bring that type of event to their community. And then our work to expand those different opportunities, we also will be all thinking about how we can share that as well going forward. Oh, that's so cool. Any last words, Asher? Well, I think uh, the, the real key to solving this labor crisis is to grow these carpenters right here locally. Get, get busy, get busy. So between Richard Laughlin, Eastern Mass Nary, and a few other things that we've seen around the country, nobody has any more excuses, right? <laughs> <laughs> no excuses anymore. Thank you so much, you guys. This has been a really great uh, episode for me. I just love hearing what people are doing. I'm going to have to stop saying nobody's doing anything because you guys are. And I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time just to share that information with our listeners. And my hope is that people will get a spark going somewhere and uh, get things going in their community. So thank you so much for being here. Yep. This thank is really great. Us. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Well, Tim, if we don't solve this labor crisis anytime soon, it's not from lack of trying. We're starting to see that. No, we're, we're trying. And, and you know, may, maybe we'll get a little credit down the road, Steve, as being sort of the uh, spokespeople to make something happen. But uh, this, again, is a great example of some ideas that people had. Uh, they got some other people together. They started, you know, obviously somebody has to spearhead it. Otherwise, you know, if you leave, leave it every, up to everybody, it doesn't happen. But somebody spearhead it. Start pulling these, thing, these uh, ideas together. Start making things happen as opposed to just hoping that things happen. And I think, you know, between Michelle's, you know, starting out and then getting somebody like Asher on board who's really an advocate and I, you know, he didn't speak up as much as uh, maybe would have been good, but he's definitely one of the driving forces behind that. And maybe that's a good, a good thing to look at is sometimes the quiet folks are the people who get the most done. And so, yeah. uh, uh, but again, you know, the information's out there. The career day is something that they're using very, very effectively. It sounds like they've got a great organization behind them contributing to that. So Absolutely. Uh, super, super thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to add, you know, the two things I saw or multiple things, but I think exposure is a really the operative word here. And then he mentioned one thing that we haven't really talked about is like trades are cool. You know, yeah. there were many days that, you know, I was out and we were framing something as a beautiful day and you just felt this is really cool. You know, yeah. and so they get exposure to that. And obviously we got to touch on, um, you know, uh, the women in construction as well, which, yeah. you know, you and I have talked about many times. And that's the importance on the, the overall diversity of, of helping solve this issue. Yeah, um, so it, it strikes yeah. me that one of the really cool things about what we do, the kids don't get to see, and that is the finished product. Yeah, I mean, they, they you know they get to experience all that maybe the doghouse or something like that, but 
one of the amazing things about this is being able to point to a picture and say, I built that. Oh yeah. Or, or I worked on that. And that's one of the cool things. And so um, those are the kinds of things that we want to continue to get out there. Another thing that Michelle brought up that I think we kind of slipped by was just the need to get people earlier in their development. Yes. And be, be talking to parents and be talking to, you know, middle school and even elementary schools. And I don't know if they do them anymore, but just those career days at the elementary school level, I used to do those for my kids, bring in a, a battery powered screw gun and show everybody what's going on it. That's cool stuff. And yeah. you might, and we might spark some interest if, if we get involved, if we don't get involved, they won't even know that we exist. And so we have to get involved. Yeah, yeah, and you mentioned finished product. I think my kids get way too much exposure every time we drive past something <laughs> I did, and I said, "Sit, sit. Those windows are that addition." <laughs> they get too many times. I point oh, that out. Oh my, 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 my! I think anyway, you may be right. Yeah. So, well, once again, we would like to thank Asher Nichols and Michelle Glassburn for joining us today, and we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, and maybe this is one of the great examples of it, we are working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.